Well, good morning and welcome to Better Life Church. We are so thankful that you took time to join us today. In fact, look at the person sitting beside you, probably on the sofa in their pajamas this morning and say, today's going to be a good day. Go ahead. Would you tell them right now? Tell them right now. Maybe you're driving and you're listening to this. Look at the person sitting beside you and say, today's going to be a good day. Go ahead and tell them right now. Go ahead and tell them. If you're by yourself, look at yourself and say, today's going to be a good day. We just believe that today is going to be a good day in your life and we just trust and hope that the Lord will speak truth into your life this morning. No matter where you're watching or listening to this from all over the world, we welcome you here to Better Life Church right here in eastern Kentucky, making a difference in this region, trying our very best to lead a church and a community of faith in this time where church is virtual and meeting the groups are virtual and discipleship seems to be virtual, which we'll talk a little bit about in the weeks to come and especially in today's message. We kicked off our brand new series last week called The Way of Jesus. If you missed it, I just want to encourage you, please go and check that out. Um, because honestly, today and, and last week and, and through this series, I'm just taking you on a journey. And I'm taking you on a journey that I've been on myself, that I've been myself walking through as I learn what it means to follow Jesus. Because why? That is the mission of our church, is to help you follow Jesus so that you can experience an abundant life, a full life, a better life than you've ever dreamed of. You, you always have a next step. You never arrive, right, when it comes to following Jesus. I'm still learning this now as your pastor, you know, as I walk through this myself. So honestly, what I like to do is just take you on this journey that I've been on myself really what it means to follow the ways of Jesus. Like what does it mean to really, truly follow after him? And so last week, this real quick recap, I talked about to encourage you that you can become like Jesus. When Jesus called his disciples, when he went and said, you can follow me, you can be my disciple, Matthew, a tax collector, Peter, a fisherman, all these people who, who have, basically, I mentioned a little bit last week, you could go back and check it out, but basically became rabbi rejects that maybe wasn't smart enough, intellectual enough to become like a fully like a rabbi or teacher of the scriptures. You know, Jesus looked at these guys and said, follow me. And when, is, when, a, when a rabbi, a master, a teacher said, follow me, here's what they believe. You have what it takes to become like me. Now, a lot of times we think we can't be like Jesus. He's God, right? He's the son of God and he's perfect. He's sinless. He doesn't get angry. You know, he doesn't get upset. You know, he, he, he's, he's perfect. I can't become like him. But Jesus wouldn't have called you. He wouldn't have chose you if he doesn't believe you could become like him. So we looked at the life of Peter. Peter denied Jesus. Peter blew it. Peter doubted. Peter cursed all himself. All these crazy things. But guess what? At the end when it's all over, Jesus says, Peter, you can become like me. So the preferences, the, the, the foundation, as we learned last week, you can become like Jesus or he would not invited you to follow him to become like him. So before you do anything else, let that sink into your heart and mind. You have, because of the Holy Spirit within you, the power to become like Jesus. Now, not become a God. That's not what I'm saying. You're not going to become even a little G God, right? Some religions teach you'll become a God someday. No, 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 no. You have what it takes to walk as Jesus walked, to live like Jesus lived. You have that same power because of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Today, I want to talk about basically before you submit your application to be a disciple, because it is a choice, you better count the cost. 
You better read the fine print, right? When you have a contract, when you jump into this, when you look at something, you better read the fine print because there is a cost in following Jesus. And so make sure you understand, when this is over, when this message here is over today, I want you to be able to ask yourself that question. Am I willing to count the cost? Have I counted the cost? Because it is a choice to follow after Jesus. So before you submit that application and say, hey, you know what? I want to be a follower of Jesus. Before you sign up for this journey, make sure that inside of you, you count the cost. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about really what it looks like to count the cost of following Jesus. I have a few questions before we jump into the text. Two passages today. Well, two. That means that's one. Two passages today. I want you to go to Luke chapter 9. If you have your Bible, I'll be using the NIV. If you have a U version, if you want to follow with me. I want you to go to Luke chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 19. I want you to hang tight right there at those two passages. But here's a few questions I want to ask you. I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and I want you to ask yourself this question. How badly do I want to be like Jesus? I want you to ask yourself literally that question. Because if, if I sat down with you right now, we had a cup of coffee and we were talking back and forth, and, you, 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 and, and, and I ask you if you want to be like Jesus, you'd say, absolutely, I want to be like Jesus. Why would I not want to be like Jesus? He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's saving me, right? But how badly do you want to be and become like Jesus? Here's another question I want you to ask yourself. Am I consumed about becoming like Jesus? Does it consume me? Or is it just maybe an hour, just on Sunday morning, just for a moment when I think about it and then I go about living out my day, my week? Does it consume you to become like Jesus, your Lord, your Savior? Do you have a passion, a fire in your bones for you to pursue after and become like and live the ways of Jesus. I mean, that, that, that question right there will wreck you. Because on the surface level, every single person, hopefully if you're a Christian, you would say, I definitely want to be like my teacher. Because the greatest thing for a disciple is to not know what their teacher knows, but to become who their teacher is. So the disciples just didn't want to know what Jesus knows, teaches how to walk on water, teaches how to perform miracles, teaches how to raise the dead. That's a pretty cool trick, right? No, 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 no. They wanted to become like him. How bad do you want to become like Jesus? And that is the question that I want you to wrestle with today and the week as we go into this next weekend as well. How bad do you want to become to be like Jesus, because the disciples wanted more than anything in the world to be just like their teacher, to be just like Jesus. We learned last week, they saw him first as master and teacher way before Savior and Lord. They wanted to become like him. So in Luke chapter 9, I want to kick off starting with this passage, and we'll go to an illustration in Matthew 19. In Luke chapter 9, last week we talked a little bit about where Peter made a great confession, if you remember this. Jesus says, who does people say that I am? Some think you're John the Baptist. Hey, that's pretty cool. Jesus said there's no one greater than John the Baptist. So, hey, they think you're John the Baptist. Some think you're Elijah. Why? Because Elijah was to come first before all this takes place, and you are the Elijah that's to come. Awesome. That's great. But then he pinpoints it personally. But who do you say that I am? 
Who do you say that I am? And then Peter, remember Peter steps up and says, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. And Jesus praises Peter. Wow, way to go, man. My father placed that thought in your heart and your mind that he revealed that to you because you can't do that in the flesh. You know what? The Spirit's moving in you, Peter. That's awesome. Thank you for making that confession. I am the Messiah, the one to come, the one you've read and heard about your entire life. You're looking at him right here. I am the one. And then Jesus says this in Luke chapter 9, verse 21, right after Peter makes his confession. He says, strictly to them, he warned them, don't tell anyone. Let <laughs> me stop it there. Isn't that funny? Isn't that, I, I think it's fascinating. Jesus says, don't go tell people I'm the Messiah. And then they went and told everyone. Today, Jesus says, go tell people I'm the Savior of the world. And then we don't tell anyone. I just think that's ironic. I just think that's funny. Look what he says in verse 22. He said to them, the Son of Man must suffer many things, the Messiah, the Son of Man, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and then on the third day be raised to life. Jesus just predicted right after Peter says, you're the man, you're the Messiah, you're the King of Kings, you're the Lord of Lords, you're the one to come and bring balance to the force, to overthrow the Romans and make everything happy, bring Israel to what God has restored it and called it for thousands of years that he promises that it will be. And then Jesus says, but I want you to know I'm going to die. But it's okay. I'm going to be raised back to life. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it. They're like, well, what do you mean? How is that possible? See, Jesus predicted his own death. Some people are like, well, I don't. Jesus said, I am going to die. And in three days, don't be surprised by this, I am going to be raised to life. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated that, right? It was Easter weekend. Jesus came back to life. And because of that, we are here today that we put our faith and trust in. We don't have to go to a tomb. We don't have to go to a place to worship. Our God lives. But what did Jesus say that I'm going to die? What does that mean? These guys have already left everything to follow Jesus. These guys already, you know, turned into application. And they said, no matter what it takes, I'm with you. I'm here. And then Jesus goes and says, I'm going to die. Now, we know now, looking back at history, how did Jesus die? By crucifixion. Now, the Romans invented this. And the Romans became master of the crucifixion. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people were crucified way before Jesus was ever crucified. You could go back and read a history where the Jews revolted against the Romans and the Romans came and they crucified these men all over Jerusalem. And they left their remains hanging on the cross to assign to the Jews if you mess with us, we will do this to you. So as you walk through Jerusalem and the outskirts of Jerusalem, you would see crosses. Some of those would have bones on them because you were told you cannot touch them or take them down. As a reminder to you, if you mess with Rome, we're going to get you. And so Jesus now as being crucified, he picks up the eye beam, the cross. Some people have pictures of Jesus carrying a cross. They didn't carry the full cross. He wasn't able to carry the full cross. He carried the beam that goes across. And he would lift up that beam. He would carry that beam to Calvary and then eventually put together as a cross and then nailed to a tree. And he died a horrible, horrible death. I don't have time to go into it. There's no sense going into it. But I want you to know, Jesus 
was crucified. And then with that, now put yourself in the context. You're a follower of Jesus. Jesus says he's going to die, but it's okay. I'm going to get back out of the grave. You know that Rome has invented this horrible capital punishment of crucifixion. In fact, it was a law that no Roman citizen could be crucified because it's so horrific. They would never do it to their own people, but they would do it to slaves and people from other nations and stuff, but not to the Romans. You as a little boy walked around your whole life seeing crosses and seeing bones on crosses and you would ask your parents, Mom, Dad, well, what is that? What does that mean? And you would say, that is to let you know that we are on submission. We have to surrender to the Romans, that we're free to worship God. We have to obey them. We can't revolt and then people try to revolt against them. In that context, I want you to listen to what Jesus says. He says to them in verse 23, Whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to come after me, whoever wants to follow me, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Now, what in the world did that mean? The moment that those disciples heard that statement, they automatically knew this journey is not going to end well. If I am to take up my cross because cross means death, let's just walk through that really quick if you want to look through it. He says this. He says, whoever wants to be, if you wish to be, which is a condition, which means this, following Jesus is a choice. Discipleship is a choice. If you want to be his disciple, it is a choice that you have to make. And here's the question I want to ask you. Do you want to be like Jesus? It's your choice. We learned last week we have the power to become like him. So I can't say I can't. I can. Today you get to choose, do I want to? Do I really want to do it? He's already called me. He's already empowered me with the spirit. So I can choose to become a disciple and follow him, but do I want to? Have I truly counted the cross? And then he says this, you must, first thing, deny yourself. Now, deny yourself, we could go on and on and on, and some of you kind of understand what I'm talking about tonight. Deny yourself doesn't mean you have low self-esteem. That's not what I'm saying. Like, think low of yourself. Think bad of it. I'm so horrible. I'm not good enough. No, no, that's not what he's saying. You have to give up your rights. You have to surrender what you want what my flesh wants. I want what God wants, not what I want. So if I really want to follow Jesus, am I willing to say no to Daniel and say yes to Jesus? Am I willing to say no to the flesh, what I want, when I want, how I want, and yes to Jesus and what he wants for my life? So a disciple is someone who's not thinking of themselves in a selfish way. Life is not about me. Things are not about me but a self-giving way where they give their life away. Do you want to be a disciple? Is that something that you want to do? And then he goes on and says to take up your cross. Now, again, to them, that was death. They get that. Most likely, unless something dramatically changes, most of us today, at this point in life and history, at least where we are right now, probably in America, you're not going to lose your life for following Jesus. People die all over the world because they follow Jesus, because they they claim the name of Jesus. But right here today, probably in our country, 
We're probably not going to die because we're following Jesus. We get upset when someone talks bad about us for following Jesus. Oh, my gosh. And we say, that's just a cross that I have to carry. I work in a terrible place, and that's just a cross I carry. I just got sick, and I have a burden. That's the cross I carry. Please stop saying that because that's not what he means. Cross is not something unexpected that's happened to you in a bad way or a burden that you carry. That's just a thorn in my flesh. That's just a cross I have to carry. That is not what he's saying. He's saying it's a choice. You have to lift it up. You have to pick it up. You have to take up that cross, which means this. You must die to yourself. See, it's a picture of surrender to the Romans. The Romans would pour their sword out, and they would hold it at you, and they would point it at you and say, pick it up. And you had a choice. Will you surrender? And Jesus says, you have to surrender fully to me and die to yourself. As Galatians 2.20 says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I now live in the flesh, but I live the life through the Spirit. That's what he's saying. you got to die to your selfish desires, your selfish want, your selfish needs. And let's face it, that is so hard for every one of us, including me. Why? Because we're selfish. We want what we want, when we want, and how we want it. Are we really, really willing to count the cost to follow Jesus? Because the hardest person to lead, to deny, is yourself. Because you want what you want, how you want it, when you want it. And then he goes and says, so if you're willing to choose to come after me, be selfless, die. Don't miss this. Please don't miss this. Daily. Picking up the choosing to follow Jesus is not something that happens when you give your life to him on September 2nd, 1997. I gave my life. No, no, no. That was a one-time experience for salvation. And he saved me and I'm thankful for that. But am I walking with him? Daily. That means every single day of your life, you have to get up and recalibrate, reset. It's not about me. Today, I'm going to live for you. Today, I'm going to give it to you. Today, I'm going to live my life for you. See, a disciple is willing to relinquish all the rights in the contract. I sign it all the way. You have full right to my life. You sure you want to apply? Sure you want to sign on the dotted line? You sure you're ready to give your life to follow after Jesus? You got to deny yourself, you got to die yourself, and then he says, you must follow me, which means just follow my ways, follow my teachings. Everyone, all these other teachers are saying, follow them. No, no, no. Follow me. Why? Because my teaching, which is my yoke, that's his teaching, will not put burdens upon you, but allow you to live this free, abundant, awesome life that I have for you. And if you keep reading down in Luke chapter 9, this is a message that I talked about in the Seek series in the first Sunday of this year. If you remember this, we talked about the three guys. Remember, these people came up to Jesus and they said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, foxes have dens and, and birds have nests, but I only have a place to lay my head tonight. You remember this? We talked about this in the Seek series. And then another guy, Jesus says, but you follow me. And he says, but first let me go bury my dad because my dad's dying or he could be dead. Let me go bury my dad first. You see what he said? Lord, but first, Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. You go proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another guy says, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Really? Have you counted the cost? He says, but first let me go say goodbye to my family. Let me say goodbye to my family. Not a big deal, right? Go say goodbye to your Does that mean Jesus is mean? What do you mean? But first. Lord, but first let me. Lord, but first let me. He can't be Lord and me. It's either me or it's Jesus. There's no in between. There's no lukewarm to that. Either it's Jesus or it's all about 
me. Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow can look back. It's fit for the service of the kingdom of God. And if you remember that Sunday, what I talked about, if we're going to really follow after Jesus, we got to give up our pleasures, our priorities, and our plans. i got to give up what I want when I want. i got to give up my, my priorities. I have my own priorities, but God, your priorities first, and my plans. Not my will, but your will be done. Am I willing to give that up? So, that was all introduction. So, Matthew chapter 19. In this passage, I want to give you a quick glimpse of maybe what this looks like. I don't have time to jump all into all the uh, historical context. What's taking place right in this passage is very fascinating. I encourage you to study and read it and go and, 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 and journal through it and pray through it. Ask God to speak to you through it. But I want to give you a picture about somebody wanting to come after Jesus and follow Jesus. As Jesus says, then deny yourself. Take up your cross, die to yourself, die to what you want, and then follow after me. I want you to see this, what happens in Matthew chapter 19. Let's start with verse 16. Now, the subtitle in, in, in your Bible probably says the rich young ruler, but no one really called him the rich young ruler in this passage. He is a young ruler, but that we titled this guy was, must, must have been very wealthy because of what he has and what the Scripture says. So, But let's follow through this. Verse 16. Just then a man came up to Jesus. Teacher. What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. And if you want to enter that life, that bliss, that harmony, if you want to enter that type of life, then keep the commandments. I thought that was very fascinating. He points him back to the Torah. He said, I want you to keep the commandments, keep the law. You see, to a Jew in the first century, eternal life is not how we see it today where we spend eternity in heaven. He's a Jew. He's God's chosen race. He is wealthy. By default, him and everyone around him thought he is heaven bound. He already has this eternal life. It's in his DNA. It's in his heritage. He is God's chosen race through the Jews to be there. So what does he mean when he says eternal life? Well, the Jews saw eternal life as harmony with God. I know that I'm going, I'm already part of God's chosen race. I will get there. But something seems out of balance here. I don't really sense the harmony, that eternal bliss, that life that I have right now. Jesus says, okay, then follow his ways. Follow the commandments. Do what he asks you to do. Look what he says in verse 18. Which ones? <laughs> There's 613 of them, right? Which one do you want to start with? Jesus picked out some of the big ones. He said this in verse 18. Don't murder. Check. That one's a big one. That's a really big one, right? Don't commit adultery. Check, check. Okay. Don't steal. Got it. Don't give false testimony. Okay. Honor your mother and your father and make sure you clean your plate when they have green beans on them. Right? That's what he said. Make sure you do exactly what your mom and dad tells you to do. Awesome. I got that. Now love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. That's a great commandment too, what else? Look what he says. All these I have kept since I was a boy, since I was a young man. What do I still lack? Now, that is, oh my goodness, I wish I had so much time to go into that. Imagine that. I've crossed every T. I've dotted every I according to the law. But boy, I'm still missing something. Something just doesn't seem right 
between me and God. I heard you come on the scene. You're preaching something new. I see your disciples. I see the miracles you perform. Something's fascinated about you, Rabbi. Something's different about you. He calls him my teacher, the teacher. There's something different about you. What do you have that nobody else is talking about? There's a harmony there. There's something. And what does Jesus, he points them right back to what the teacher was saying. Look at the Torah. Are you obeying the commands? I am, but I'm still missing something. Do you know that you could be going through all the motions and still miss something? You can show up here on Sunday, drop a 20 in the bucket, do these great works, do everything you can to keep the commandments. Now watch this. And still lack. I'm still missing what must I do then? What am I missing? Jesus says this in verse 21. If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. He says in verse 22, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Man, there is so much to unpack there time permitting, we don't have time. Jesus says, go do this and you'll be perfect. Now, does that mean I'll be sinless? No, 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 no. You'll be mature. You'll be complete. You'll be whole. This is what you're lacking. You've got this in front of you. If you really want to follow me, you've kept the command, so you have that heart, but you want to be my disciple? You want to be my apprentice? You want to come after me? Then here we go. Let's, let, here's a test. Get rid of everything. Forsake it all. Sign the con. Give it all away. Come on. And he chose himself over Jesus, at least in the story. We don't know what happened after this, that this guy became a follower. I mean, Jesus could have stopped saying, I'm just kidding, man. You don't have to get rid of everything. But Jesus, and this is what one of the biggest things, that Jesus didn't chase after him. Jesus let him walk. If you want to be like me, you must deny yourself. You must take up your cross. And you must follow after me and the young man went away because he had great wealth. Jesus goes on and says, This statement is hard for rich people in the kingdom of heaven, and a camel going through an eye of a needle. Don't have time to unpack all that stuff. And Jesus kind of gives a wordplay there, hyperbole. It's pretty funny. It's, it's kind of fascinating he, he, how kind of a jokester that, that, that would have been right there at that moment. But is he saying that rich people can't go to heaven? Absolutely not. Money is not evil, money is neutral. Put money into somebody's godly, and they'll use it for goodness. Put it into somebody's evil, they'll use it for evil. Money's neutral. He's not talking about that. But this has become his God. It became in his way of truly surrendering to following Jesus. You willing to walk away from everything to follow me? Because guess what? I got some boys back here behind me. Ask Peter. He left all of his, note, all of his nets. Ask Matthew here, the tax collector. He was already hated by the Jews. He's now going to be hated by the Romans because he's about to be a rebel because I'm the king, not Caesar. Ask him. He left his booth. A very wealthy way of living and he followed me. So I got some guys here who... I'm, asking, I'm not asking you to do anything different. I asked them to follow me. You follow me. Put me first. Is he saying that Christians can't have things and Christians should get rid of everything and sell everything? Absolutely not. That's not what he's saying. The con that's way out of context. I've heard people talk about that. No, that's way out of context. That's not what he's saying. What is between me and you that's keeping you from following me? I'm going to ask you that question now. What's between you and Jesus that keeps you from following him? Could it be your pride? Low self-esteem, not good enough, negative. What's holding you back? What's in between you? Ah, I just don't, I don't want to give up. Ah, I don't want him. I want him to be Lord, but not Lord of all. 
I want him to be Lord and take me to heaven, but not Lord over my finances, not Lord over my business, not Lord over my parenting, not Lord over my investments, not Lord over my family, not Lord over my marriage. I, I want to be Lord, but don't, don't, don't touch this area of my life. Jesus says, if you want to apply to be my disciple, you better read the fine print. You better count the cost because it will cost you. So real quick, what are some things? What are some takeaways from this? Wish I had time to jump into the historical context. Time permitted, we don't have time. What are some things? Here's the first thing if you're doing, if you're taking notes. If I'm truly gonna follow after Jesus, I will have to do something. I will have to do something. Following is a verb. It's action. It doesn't mean I sit at home and I, no, following after Jesus means I will have to do something. See, this was also fascinating. The rich young ruler was full of information. He was full of it. Think about it. He had everything. I, I know the law. I've kept the law. I've obeyed the law. From a boy, I was taught the Torah. From this, I know all the texts. I know all the scripture. I get this. What are you saying? Listen, you could go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You could go to Sunday school and VBS and revivals all you want. You could jump in a group and have all the knowledge and still miss it and still lack. Do you want to come after me? It's not about just knowing. It's about doing and becoming. I'll talk a little bit more about this in the series. But folks, listen to me. You can study your Bible in groups and feel like you're going deep. And I see this all the time. I better, I better calm down a little bit right here because this gets me a little fiery up. When people, Pastor, I just want to go deep. I just want to go deep in God's word. I want to go deep. I want to have a men's group and a ladies group and a couples group. And I just want to go deep in God's word. Listen to me. You can get all the knowledge you want and go as deep as you want. But I've seen people go so deep and to be pharisaical. they got so much knowledge, and they still don't love their wife as Christ loved the church. You still yell at your kids. You still gossip behind people's back. You still don't tithe. You want to go deep? You're not even doing the basics. Teach me stuff I don't know and, and let me see things that I don't want to. And you're not even doing the basics. You don't even forgive the person who hurt you and wronged you, and you want to go deep? Sorry, I've had two cups of coffee already this morning and, and I can get very fiery about that because I hear people talk, I just want to go. That's not deep enough. I want to go deep. What you're saying is this, teach me something that I know, but I don't have to do it. Because if you really want to go deep, transformation comes when you apply it. You've got to do something with the knowledge. You want to go deep, but you're not generous and not helping people, but you sit at home and you go, but you know what? I study my Bible. I know the Greek and the Hebrew, and I've got my men's group. I've got my ladies' group. I've got a group. And you want to go deep? It's just not about knowing. That's a, little, that's a little preference of what's to come. But I just, I just I want you to understand that. You can say this and know this, the rich young ruler. I know it, but I'm going to have to do something because here's what I'm saying, and folks, you can disagree if you want, but I think the big C church has made historians of Jesus, not disciples of Jesus. There's so many people who know about the historical Jesus. They know all about, I mean, they know about, they, they read about, I mean, they can dissect God's word, but they don't do Jesus. They don't follow after Jesus. They are not a disciple. Historian, there's more to become a disciple than just knowledge, than a six-week Bible study. Listen, if it's all about knowledge, the Baptists, listen, we've already would have discipled the whole entire planet. We've got a curriculum for everything you've ever imagined from. Six-week study, 12-week study, all the way through, all the way. I mean, we got book studies and Bible studies. If it was all about knowledge, we would have discipled the whole world. But it's not about knowledge only. But that's what people 
make discipleship to be? Well, you better have a small group community. It's disciple. That's just a part of disciple. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead. That's to come. Here's the second thing. Now, we'll have to do something because discipleship and following Jesus is active. It's a verb, but I'll also have to, this is a big one, give up something. I will have to give up something to follow Jesus. Maybe I have to give up my pride. Maybe I have to give up what people think about me. If you're dating someone who's not a Christian, it may cost you your relationship. You will have to give up something to follow Jesus. He said it in Luke 9. You got to deny yourself, surrender by dying to yourself daily. You got to surrender, which means this. You got to give up stuff that you want and your plans and your will. Watch this, for my will in your life. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to just humble yourself and let me plan your life out for you? Or are you trying to do it all on your own? Do you trust me? You, my friend, will have to give up something. Whoever wishes to come after me, that means behind me, that means follow me in my footsteps. You wanna be my disciple? You must deny yourself, die to yourself daily, and then come after me. What is he saying? Here's what he's saying. You gotta have complete surrender. Are you willing to surrender everything to Jesus? Everything in your life. Think of it as your heart being compartmentalized as a house or rooms. Some of you right now, we've been stuck in rooms forever in quarantine. It feels like forever. And you have different rooms, right? And we're okay for Jesus being in the kitchen. We're really okay for Jesus being into the living room. But remember like when somebody comes over real quick, you shut the bedroom doors, you shut the closet, throw everything in the closet, don't nobody go in there. Why? Because it's, I, don't want nobody, I don't want nobody in there. We do that to Jesus all the time. Lord, thank you for saving me. You could come in this room, but don't, don't open that closet. I don't want you to see what's behind it because it's messy. Because my life is messy. There's skeletons there I don't want to talk about. No, no, don't open that closet because that's to my, that's to my finances. And don't, 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 don't talk about finances. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 touch it. don't open that one. That's my business. And I got to do a little bit of things unethical just to kind of act business. But, I, 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 but, don't, but just, just let me run that. Myself. No, that's my marriage. I'll, I'm working on that. Don't touch that one. Um, don't, definitely don't tell me how to raise my kid. That, that, that's... We do this all the time. But if you want to follow Jesus, everything I have is his. Everything I own is his. Everything I do is for him. See, a disciple is someone who is consciously aware, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. Today, you just got to, got to count the cost. Am I willing to surrender it all? Because here is what people want. People want a kingdom. They just don't want a king. I want the blessing. I want the peace and tranquility. I, want, I don't want no, my life not to be upside down. I just want everything to be normal, which will never be. And this is the new normal. I want a kingdom, and I want to design the kingdom, and I want to be like this and feel like this and act like this, but I don't want the king to tell me what to do. And honestly, that's how most Christians live. I want the kingdom but I don't want the Lord, I don't want the king, I don't want to surrender my rights to him. And Jesus says, if you want to sign up for my discipleship process, you better count the cost. And then here's the third and final point. But if you do, and you choose to follow him, 
you, my friend, will be rewarded. Isn't that some good news? You'll be rewarded and following after Jesus. And the rewards you may not see here on earth, the rewards may not be what you think they ought to be, but you will be rewarded. See, last week we talked about you can become like him, so you have no excuse. Well, you don't know what I've said, you don't know what I've tried, you don't know what I've done, you don't, how, you don't know how bad I have sinned. Listen to last week. You could be completely forgiven. You can become like him. Today, you have to choose, do I want to become like him? Because discipleship, a true disciple, is a choice to follow after Jesus. He says in verse 21, Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will what? Look what he says, have treasures in heaven. Then, just like I told all these boys behind me right here, follow me. Come be my disciple. Come be my apprentice. Come live my ways. But he chose not to. Peter looks at him and says, what? Because it's just a given. You're a Jew. You're wealthy. God's blessed you. You guarantee heaven. Peter asked a question. We have sacrificed and left and given everything to follow you. And this is what I love about it. Peter was so bold. But Jesus didn't rebuke him for asking that question. His motives were very pure. And this is what he says in verse 29. And, and, and everyone who has left houses... Brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, farm, or field, for my sake, if you've forsaken it all, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. So Peter, today it looks like many people who are first, they will actually be last. But those to the world who look like they're last, and my kingdom will be first. Follow me. Count the cost. Count the cost. If you try to gain your life, you will lose it. But if you'll lose yourself for me, deny yourself, die to yourself for me, you will gain an abundant life, a full life, a better life than you've ever dreamed of. Do you trust me? Will you follow me? And they did. Everything you've ever sacrificed to follow and advance his kingdom, you will be rewarded. I don't know what the exactly that will be. I can't tell you what that will be. That's up to God how he works that out. But here's what Jesus tells us. Our master, our teacher, we will be rewarded. And you know what's so fascinating about this? Is that eternal life doesn't happen when you die. The text tells us eternal life happens now. Do you know right now that you can have peace and harmony with God right now? You don't have to wait till you die to have peace with God. You don't have to wait till you die to have fellowship with God. You can have fellowship with eternal life, fellowship, harmony with God right now. You don't have to wait. All you have to do is repent. Turn from your ways. Confess your sins. And eternal life begins now. The peace of God floods now. The kingdom of heaven in your life, walking with God, happens now. God's reign and rule can happen in your life now. You don't have to wait till you die. 
And so if you're watching this or listening to this and you want that peace that comes from knowing God, you want peace with God because if you don't know him or haven't given your life to him or surrendered to him, the text says that you are an enemy of God. Who wants that? But if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, then he's the one, the Christ, the Lord, the King, the Messiah, then you, my friend, will have peace and harmony with God. Watch this. Not because you did anything good, but because you have been forgiven. And when you are forgiven of your sin by putting your faith and trust in Jesus and confessing him as Lord, Lord, think about that, Lord, master, boss of my life. Lord, I'm a servant, you're the Lord. If you'll confess that, you will be saved. You will have peace, you will have harmony, you will have eternal life with King Jesus. So the question you have to answer today is this, is it gonna be me? Or is it going to be Jesus? And the only way to truly be his disciple, to truly follow after him, it's got to be Jesus. Oh, yes, me rears its ugly head a lot. I'm selfish. I want what I want. I know. But then that's why I have to deny myself daily. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. But follow me. I'm going to ask you, Wood, I know it's kind of awkward just sitting at home. If you're driving, let's just, please don't do this. But just for a moment, just, will you just close your eyes and just bow your head just for a moment and just reflect on this question. How bad do I want to be like Jesus? What am I willing to do to become like Jesus? What am I willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to give up? What am I willing to do? What am I willing to surrender Watch this, just to become and be like Jesus, to walk in the way of Jesus. And what I hope and pray over today and for this week is you'll wrestle with that. And you'll study the text and you'll go into that and you, you'll, you'll, ask, you'll ask God to search your heart and see what's keeping you from truly surrendering to him. The second thing is, if that's you and you had, did surrender today or you're ready to surrender your life to King Jesus today, you can do that right where you sit, no matter where you are, and cry out to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the King. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. I believe you did come for me. You did die for me. And like you said, I believe the text that you got up out of the grave for me. I believe today that I confess my sins. You are faithful and just. You will forgive me of my sin. And I believe that today I begin to experience this abundant life, full life, a better life, this eternal life as I walk with you. If that's you and you prayed or you cried out to the Lord, please, would you right now in the chat below in the comments, just let people know, hey, today I gave my life to Jesus. You can email me, pastor at betterlife.church. Let me know, today I gave my life to Jesus. Today I decided to follow Jesus because my hope and prayer is that you will become a fully, devoted, not historian, but disciple of Jesus. Make the choice. It's worth it. 
Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace that you bestow upon us. God, I know you called us. I know you've chosen us. I know you've empowered us by the Spirit to follow you. God, I confess, Lord, I fall all the time that I mess up, that I am not worthy, as Peter said, even to come after you. However, Lord, I'm so thankful for your grace and your mercy that's new every day, the text says. Every day, there's new mercy. Every day, there's new grace. Every day, there's forgiveness because I'm not perfect. We are not perfect, but we serve a perfect Savior. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will bring to the front of our mind the question, am I willing to count the cost to follow Jesus? I pray, Holy Spirit, you will pinpoint areas of our life things in our life that hold us back from running that race, from following truly after him. And then give us the power and the courage to surrender it all to you. Father, I can't wait to see what you're gonna do in the weeks to come. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for the text to show us his way. And I pray, Father, that we as a community of faith not become historians of Jesus, but followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, with a passion burning in our heart to become like Jesus. And if that would be so, <laughs> this whole entire region, our whole entire cities, our world could be transformed because people desire to become like you. We love you, Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen. You know, if you just uh, prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, uh, like he said, let us know. Uh, our mission of our church is to help you follow him. And so we want to get some resources in your hand to begin to walk this out. As he, as he said, salvation happens in an instant. If you prayed that with him, your, your lips have declared Jesus as Lord. You're saved. But now we want to help you to follow him. One quick and easy way that you can start that, uh, let us know, is by texting LIFE to our uh, number 606-268-9436. Uh, you can text that, and uh, we'll, we'll get right back in touch with you and, and give you some resources to help you follow that. Also, for, for, for others, um, listen, as you're just walking on this journey with Jesus, uh, we want to help you take next steps. And you can check out uh, many of our next steps on our app or by visiting betterlife.church slash next steps. Uh, guys, we, we're so uh, just excited to be able to, to, to worship with you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to continue to support the ministry of our church, uh, you can do that safely and securely online by visiting betterlife.church slash give now. And don't forget... Uh, to check out covidcareky.com. It's because of you that we've been able uh, to uh, put this out, but we want to help those that are struggling and we want to provide ways for you to meet needs as well. Guys, once again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you right back here next week.